to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. Welcome to Midlife Matters where we celebrate women's wisdom and wit. I'm Georgianne Lucier, your host, and I'm delighted to introduce Liz White, who is a fifth-generation publisher and executive with The Record Journal, and that serves 265,000 households in Connecticut. So welcome, Liz. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, very interested in sharing all the information behind the scenes yeah. about your work. <laughs> and you grew up in the news industry, and you have strategic and operational responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So let's hear about um, the number of publications that you have that people might sure. not be aware of. We, we call ourselves our uh, Record Journal Media Group, or mm -hmm. RJ Media Group. Um, and we have the Record Journal, which is a daily newspaper that covers Marin, Wallingford, Southington, and Cheshire. And then we have eight weekly newspapers. Mm. So with that combination, we're covering 100% um, of the households in nine towns on a daily or weekly basis, depending on the products. Okay. And then we have two websites and a digital agency as well. Right. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. I came to learn through speaking with you that there's an organization called Next Generation of Family Owners. So mm -hmm. it seems like there's a rich tradition yeah. of um, families owning newspapers and related media um, groups. And so what insights do you get from your peers? From, yeah. you know, belonging to that group. I'm a fifth-generation family owner, okay. and that's common in the newspaper wow. industry. So think about that. There's, mm -hmm. a, I mean, if you think about family-owned businesses right. across the country, you know, I, I don't have the exact statistics, but making it to the second or third generation right. in any family business mm -hmm. is very rare. And in the newspaper industry, getting to generation four, five, even six mm -hmm. is common. Okay. Now, it's becoming less and less common right. as, you know, newspapers sell and, and mm -hmm. consolidate and do different things. It, what has been so special to me um, over my whole career, and actually even before I start, formally started my career, was mm -hmm. I started going to newspaper conferences when I was a teenager okay. with my dad. There's a special group called the um, Inland Family Newspaper Owners Conference. Okay. So that sounds like very specific, mm -hmm. and it is, but there's people from all across the country who are family newspaper owners who get together, and I started going to that when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So I've known a lot of the people that I, you know, in that for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's been wonderful throughout that whole history, but also these are people to this day that I still talk to daily. Okay. <laughs> and that helped me through the pandemic, helped our company come up with ideas mm -hmm. and innovate and all these different things. So um, for, for me, it's not, it, not only is it a um, you know, has a long history, mm -hmm. but it's also something that helps me in my career every day and helps, you know, come up with how should we transform and evolve our company. Mm -hmm. And all of us truly care about the industry, truly care about our communities, and mm -hmm. we really want to stay family owners yes. and continue to provide local trusted local journalism to mm -hmm. our community. So we're really passionate, we're excited, and we work together even though we are located all across the country in different states. So do you talk to different generations or are you largely networking with your um, kind of peer group? There's and, both. The yeah. one, when I go to the conferences, mm -hmm. like maybe once a year, there's all the generations. Mm -hmm. You'll see people from all ages and in different companies. Um, but the ones I talk to every day, we call ourselves next-gen family owners. Yep. And there's, you know, a group of us that are in our 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. And there's six of us. And we literally have talked every single day by text message, text chain, yeah. 
since the day the pandemic started. <laughs> so, and it's really, like That's I said, a been a, a really yeah. great way for us to transform and innovate and I would say thrive through the pandemic. You support one yeah, another. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Friends, colleagues, mm -hmm. a lot of different things. So, yeah. yeah. It's very strong networking. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Women have played a prominent <clears throat> role in these family-owned media, I call them businesses, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How have the women in your own life influenced you and helped pave the way for your generation? The, the woman who has the biggest influence in my life has always been my mom. Mm -hmm. And even though she's not in, in the family business, she hasn't worked in the family business, she, in a family newspaper, it's always part of the conversation, <laughs> no matter where you are. We're at the dinner table, we're on vacation. Um, and my dad and I both work closely together, um, and he's the president of the company um, and the fourth generation. Part of what, what she has always done is support us, um, be part of listening to what's going on with the business mm -hmm. and um, helping us with what we should do next, right? So okay. she's been a wonderful listener. I think that has helped shape my career and, mm -hmm. and, and my life, of course. She's just a wonderful person. In, inside the business, my grandmother um, was a, the third generation, and she was the editor alongside my grandfather, who was the publisher, and they worked together side by side for 50 years. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think back to what when that time frame was, that it wasn't as common for females to have that um, type of leadership role, mm -hmm. um, and she she just you know was a natural, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she she made it I think look like she belonged in that type of leadership role. And I knew my grandmother, but mm -hmm. not when she was working at the Record Journal. You know, people tell me wonderful stories about how, what a wonderful leader she was and how they worked so well side by side together over many, many years with the community, with our employees, and, um, you know, as part of the family. So It sounds like they were yeah. partners. Yeah, they Business were. They partners. Were, exactly, True. yeah. Nice, equal. And same thing, they're talking about work at the dinner table, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're talking about work at home, but it's it's always been part of our family to do that. Right. And then also my aunt was our um, HR manager mm -hmm. for uh, many years and worked alongside my dad. She had a great sense of humor and she had passed away um, several years ago. I also grew up working alongside her. One of my first jobs as a teenager was working for her when she worked in the business office. I also, you know, uh, learned from her as well. Nice opportunities. <clears throat> We're going to go back a little bit here and thinking of as you graduated from Boston College, um, you worked for another news organization. And what was that experience like when you compare it to now working back in the family business? It was very common in family newspapers mm -hmm. to, for way before I started working, um, to go work at another family-owned okay. newspaper, especially in New England. There's actually a, a New England newspaper group. Mm -hmm. Those are also the conferences I started going to mm -hmm. when I was a teenager. That was how we created that sort of situation where I did a management training program for two years mm -hmm. at the Connecticut Post in Bridgeport. That was a wonderful way to get outside perspective at a different company. What I got to do was work in every single department mm -hmm. for a few months and try every single job and listen and learn and absorb everything and understand all the different pieces and how they fit together. And I also did something similar in our own company um, when I was a teenager and mm -hmm. I worked in every department, but this allowed me to really actually um, do it for longer and sure, um, get more hands-on experience. Yeah, and that was after I graduated college, so right. it was different then, too. And you got to hear things that maybe you don't get to hear as That yeah. was in the pre-interview. I yeah. think I called myself the company therapist. <laughs> I said that jokingly, but it, what that meant when I said it was that people would tell me things 
that you wouldn't learn inside your own company, mm-hmm. right? And I think that was a way for me to really understand a lot of different pieces of the business in a way I wouldn't have necessarily learned twenty, the early 20-something right out of college right. in my own company. Get um, the employee perspective, yeah, too. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that all prepared me to come back and better understand when I did work in, mm-hmm. um, in our company, right. all, all the different pieces and how they fit together. Another way that you broadened your perspective was the MBA program at Yale. Mm-hmm. And yep. there were about 200 um, people with you in, in that program yep. at the time. Mm-hmm. And how did collaborating with them help you integrate the rigorous studies with your own rich what you already work experience all the time you've been spending in the business? Of course, the coursework there was mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, but I think the the biggest benefit was the collaborative um, atmosphere. There was a lot of teamwork and a lot of um, working in groups together. Mm-hmm. And, and just listening to each other, really, that's part of what that um, MBA program, and I think a lot of MBA programs are designed to do, is, mm-hmm. um, you know, make sure that you know how to work with others in in the business world so right. that you're listening to their perspectives and that you can all come together to create something more you know, find a solution or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever the outcome is that it needs to be. And also the diverse perspectives um, that that were part of the pro- program and that we were able to, um, that I was able to experience. It wasn't was newspaper focused or? No, not no, at all. absolutely. Nope. So it be, was all business focused. And, yeah. um, but we also had people from all over the world in this wonderful. program. Right? So, there's so that was really level yeah, impactful. Of, of diversity. Mm-hmm. And, and I would think, um, Listening skills are so valuable, and it's something managers don't always develop as they go along, depending on how technical the work is that they're in. And I would think that would be um, just building on the other listening experience you had, you know, when you were in more of the management development program. Right. Yeah, very, very key. So one of the Record Journal's strategic pillars Mm -hmm. is a philanthropic funding model. So tell us about the Latino Community Reporting Lab. I'm excited to tell you about that, but can I just take one quick step oh, back absolutely. and tell you the other pillars so that yes. you kind of paint Put a quick picture? Put it in picture. context, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So um, the, the pillars are ways that we focus on growth for mm-hmm. the Record Journal. Um, the whole point of uh, focusing on growth is to build new sustainable business models mm-hmm. for so that we can continue to provide trusted local journalism into the right. future, right? Everybody, I think, is aware that, you know, the, the newspaper industry and the models, the business models to support it mm-hmm. have dramatically changed over the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. which is challenging. Right. But I think every industry is experiencing well, lots of challenges. Well, vulnerable to right. it, certainly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So the thing that's so exciting, though, and that also goes back to the Next Gen family group I mentioned, mm-hmm. and also all the creative and innovative people we have working at the Record Journal, is this is exciting time that we get to innovate build new things, evolve, transform. So Mm -hmm. what we've done is focus on strategic pillars that we think are the best ways to innovate and grow um, and find new revenue streams to Mm -hmm. support journalism. The other pillars are digital subscriptions, events, uh, like live events, like Mm -hmm. our our Reader's Choice event, owned and operated revenue, which is a revenue around our content, Mm -hmm. and then home-based digital, which is our digital agency. Mm -hmm. And then we just added the fifth pillar last uh, in 2020 for philanthropic funding for journalism. Mm -hmm. That is a long, complicated thing to explain. What it really is, is it's one piece of the puzzle, not the only way, but Mm -hmm. one piece of how to help support journalism going forward. Mm -hmm. So that can mean um, donor 
uh, contributions, like individual contributions, but it can also mean community foundations and um, other ways of support uh, through philanthropic funding. The Latino Communities Reporting Lab is supported through philanthropic funding and sponsorships in combination. We launched a year ago this coming Monday, so we're okay. coming up on, on the lab's one-year uh, one uh, anniversary. But leading up to that, we did a five-month listening tour, mm -hmm. and the community told us what what they wanted. That's how we developed the mission, which is to amplify the voices of our local Latino communities. Okay. So the listening tour was 82 individual listening wow. conversations, four focus groups, and 51 survey responses, and we had all kinds of wonderful people in our community giving us feedback. Um, Maria Harlow, uh, Campos Harlow mm -hmm. is one of the people. who She was on your show recently. Um, Adriana Rodriguez, um, Miguel Cardona, and, and many others. So mm -hmm. we have so many wonderful people in our community that helped us build this. And then we launched a year ago. Since then, we've been able to hire a bilingual editor and two bilingual uh, full-time reporters as okay. well. We've produced over 200 stories and videos, and we're just really excited about the growth so far. Mm -hmm. so. And there, you mentioned listening skills again, a yes. listening tour, right? So there's right. a common thread. So important, I would think, in terms of engaging the community yes. is to listen very carefully and not make assumptions and... Um, work from what worked in the past necessarily, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. So are there any things in particular that you uh, were struck with what they, that you heard on this listening tour, you and others, in terms of needs or? The, well, first of all, we had over 100 pages of notes, okay. <laughs> which was great. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to boil that down into a list of takeaways. Yeah. So about one or two pages. And that is what we use every day to guide our news coverage. Okay. So, and I'm happy to share that, mm -hmm. you know, list of takeaways with, with anyone who's interested in seeing it. I could touch on a lot of things, mm -hmm. but we actually created a three-part mission statement to make sure that we were addressing all the different pieces mm -hmm. that we heard in the takeaways. So to amplify the voices of our, our local Latino communities, the overarching mission statement, but to um, provide trusted local news is one piece to shine a light on inequities is the second piece, mm -hmm. and to um, share success stories nice. to inspire youth is the mm -hmm. third piece. So there's a reason that all those things are pieces of that mm -hmm. because the overarching statement is very important, but right. there's so much underneath that. So those are just three of the kind of components, mm -hmm. um, but there's also all kinds of pieces of should the content be in English, mm -hmm. in Spanish, in both languages? Mm -hmm. What format should it be? And so we heard all kinds of different opinions on that. And so we're going to continue that listening with our 12-month listening project, which is funded by Google okay. that we um, just started a couple months ago, and provide, get, gather as many survey responses mm -hmm. as we can, do more focus groups, and gather a higher volume of, of uh, feedback mm -hmm. so we can continue to really listen and provide what the community says and, they want. And is that Google-funded project specifically toward the Latino, yep. or is it? But okay, it's all for listening to grow okay. the lab. Yep. Okay, mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah, you knew from an early age that you wanted to be in the news business. Did mm -hmm. you ever have any thoughts of other? Never. Might, never. <laughs> wow. That's a very fortunate yes thing because some people search a lot. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think it's it's a wonderful like honor and privilege to have a family business mm -hmm. um, and have an industry that I love. It's also, you know, you know, sometimes it's a challenge. Mm, sometimes sure. you say like, how, how do, what's the future going to look right. like? But that's also why it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. There's what's the opportunity. What, and that's, I love, I love innovating. I love collaborating with mm -hmm. all the, 
the people that are at the Record Journal, with the community. We have such a wonderful community. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody wants us to evolve and innovate. And I mean, you know, I, I'm, I just feel fortunate to, to have this opportunity. So who were some of your strongest mentors? You talked about your dad, working with your dad. My, I would say my mom and my dad. So okay. um, my mom really, actually going back to the listening, mm -hmm. my mom always uh, has taught me, ask other people questions. Mm -hmm. Don't make it about yourself. And I think that is like a very valuable thing in life. Just mm -hmm. if, if you're at a networking event, if you're at a family party, right. it, whatever. If you ask people questions, they, um, they open up to you. Mm -hmm. And that's where you create uh, relationships and build relationships and then it becomes, you know, a two-way, mm -hmm. two-way um, uh, relationship. And she's a wonderful, caring person, and she does everything for everyone else. She's hardworking, and so she's just been a wonderful role model to look up to mm -hmm. my whole life. And like I mentioned, she's always there to support us in the business and listen and have conversations as a sounding board too. Right. You know? Well, as an yeah. objective, somewhat of an outsider in terms of the technical nature of right. the work, and sometimes that can be extremely valuable. And as a reader, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And she was also um, a wonderful teacher for mm -hmm. many years. She was my teacher in second grade. Okay. <laughs> she also has that, um, you know, kind of caring um, sense about her and, and, and really wanting to help other people. So, And then, of course, my dad. He's a great leader. Mm -hmm. um, I am so lucky <laughs> to have been able to have worked with him for so many years, mm -hmm. learn from him, from him in the business, um, and also have this situation where we can talk about work wherever we are, mm -hmm. where anytime. And that's how I've been able to sort of fall in love with the business and mm -hmm. the company, but also learn so much from him and talk through things and, and all that. He, he's also has a great sense of humor. He's mm -hmm. very fair. And well, he's all very valuable <laughs> yeah. thing. And he also, uh, he's, he's always given a lot back to the community mm -hmm. in terms of volunteering on boards and things like that. So I think, you know, that he's also been a wonderful role model to look up to as well. Great. Speaking of awards, you've not won a number of awards, 25 under 25, 40 under 40. And uh, publishers who do it right, mm -hmm. the Quinnipiac Chamber. So you've really kind of amassed great accolades on your way up, and here you are, you know, just entering into really some of the strongest years, I would think. And so what are some goals that you have for continued uh, professional development, you know, on your own part? Well, first of all, those awards, some of those are personal, but some of those are company awards. Mm -hmm. And honestly, any of them are something that I would attribute to having a lot of great people working yeah. around me, right. with me, together. Mm -hmm. It's not really all about me at mm -hmm. all. It's about everyone working together. Mm -hmm. None of those things would happen without that. But I want to mention specifically some of those are sure. <laughs> company awards, you know, from right. our, for our whole team as well. It's not about winning awards. Honestly, mm -hmm. I love this community. I love living here. I mean, kids go to school in this community. Mm -hmm. Like we live in this community. Mm -hmm. I grew up here. Mm -hmm. I want to be here. I want to continue to, to run and, you know, have have our family own the record journal mm -hmm. and that's that's what I want to do you know so it's to me it's not about winning awards it's not about mm -hmm. recognition it's about really innovating and um, coming up with ways to to find new business models so that we can continue to provide tr trusted local journalism to sure. the community with the input and feedback like we've talked about mm -hmm. as we listen to what the community wants and how have you kept up with technology for yourself even when I started my my official, when I came back after the MBA program, mm -hmm. 
my my job was you're the digital leader or whatever. He was kind of like, oh yeah, you're just gonna do all the digital yeah. growth stuff. So like that's just part of how I think, how I mm-hmm. operate, and and honestly, like I said, the the networks of people across the country is how I kind of stay on the cutting edge okay. of. What are the trends? What mm-hmm. should we be doing? What should we be thinking about? How should we be innovating? How should we be testing new things? I wouldn't be able to do that like just if I sat in my office all day right. at home or at, at mm-hmm. work or whatever and just came up with ideas myself. That's right. not possible. It's all the idea sharing. It's mm-hmm. all the wonderful things that people experiment with across the country. And we share ideas. When we do something cool, we share it. When mm-hmm. they do something cool, they share it. And then we try it or we tweak it and we you know, adjust it for our market. So, And I would think with the tight relationship you have with your gang of six or whatever, mm-hmm. um, people must feel comfortable with sharing some things that didn't work for them as of well, Of course, right? yeah. So. I, you have to. And, and also, that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. When things – and I, I, I'll say, say something later about failure, but um, failures are how you – how you grow and how you succeed later, right? And that team of six is just part of the bigger network of the whole industry who, who loves to share ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's webinars and um, all kinds of um, things, all the conferences all the time where the newspaper industry loves to share their successes with each other because we all want each other to succeed. Right, you're not competing. Right, right. Right, you're in different areas. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a wonderful uh, industry. And do you find there's women like yourself that have children? Because I know you of have course. a beautiful family. Yeah. So that's yes. a set of complexities that, yeah, needs yeah. to be dealt with on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, two two sons, uh, six and eight years old, mm-hmm. Noah and Jackson. And uh, and I'm married, and mm-hmm. my my husband's name is Mike. It's a balance. Everybody everybody has things that they have to balance right. in life, right? And you figure it out as you go. Okay. <laughs> you have a, I you know people say it takes a village. Like mm-hmm. my parents live a couple of miles away, and they and they help us all the time. And we have babysitters mm-hmm. or family members. That, you know, there's all kinds of different you yeah. know things that help. And then there's times in your life where you have to take a step back and focus more on your family yeah. and you then you come back and you focus more on work you know you, you adjust as you go zigging and zagging yeah, yeah. exactly okay <laughs> so as we approach midlife mm-hmm. it's a good time to reflect and what advice would you give say your 25 year old self I'll say my age because I I'm hitting a milestone this okay. year I'm turning 40 in July okay. <laughs> so I hope that's not exactly midlife but we'll, we'll call start. it it's just you're <laughs> yes. getting into you're not the um Right out of college. Exactly, anymore. exactly. Okay, and I do feel like I'm hitting that new phase where I sure. could give advice maybe, yeah. right? So what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? Speaking of that work-life balance, um, I actually went through a training program or like a leadership academy for women mm-hmm. um, last uh, last spring. And they instead of calling it work-life balance, they called it work-life chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I nice. thought that was a better way of looking yeah. at it because it wasn't one versus the other. Mm-hmm. Like it was either this or that. It was a way of thinking about it all together so that it all worked. Mm-hmm. It was about finding your formula and your work. Neat. That's what the word yeah. chemistry was for. Finding the words mm-hmm. that um, kind of motivate you and represent you. And it could be two words. It could be three words. But the, the words that I picked were innovation or innovate and I surprised myself with this one because I had to kind of think through it and recharge Mm -hmm. now I I don't like to stop and rest Mm -hmm. like I but what I realized was that I needed to because I couldn't continue to innovate and keep going if I didn't do that because I would burn out sure so that goes back to focusing on the things that you love Mm -hmm. taking a pause 
kids, friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, a glass of wine, right. whatever it was. And I needed to, especially during the pandemic, and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people experience this, you just go, 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 especially when you're trying to figure out solutions for things mm-hmm. you don't know what they're going to be. differently. Yeah. yeah. And so you feel like you, you should never stop. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like kind of like a game changer for my mind that I, I should stop and recharge and that work-life chemistry sort of formula for me was was powerful so that's great yeah yeah yeah. and then one other piece of that I I think that was helpful is giving it your best versus giving it your all okay and I was giving it my all and I couldn't I couldn't it was too much yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and so I think you can stop and instead of giving your best which means like you All can in. pause yeah. and you can mm-hmm. and you can give yourself a break and then it, you're going to be better when you do come back to it because you've you've recharged right um, so i think that means something different at every stage of your life though mm-hmm. right so wonderful yeah thank you so do you have a favorite quote yeah, and it's not attributable to anything, okay. um, but I did give you a picture of this, so you can put this up on okay. the screen. It's a, sort of a company mantra that mm-hmm. we live by, which is succeed or fail fast. Mm-hmm. And for us, that means don't be afraid to take risks and try new things. And when you succeed, this is really important, stop and celebrate. Okay. <laughs> stop and celebrate, You know, igno- even if it's a small success. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that what you did worked. And then when you fail, mm-hmm. and I don't even really like that word, but fail fast mm-hmm. and fail forward so that you're learning from it. We talked about that before and it will help you succeed the next time and you can adjust, tweak and try again or move on to the next idea. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been very informative, enlightening and inspiring. Thank you so, so much thank for you having for being me. A guest. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So please tune into your other uh, fascinating women on future segments of Midlife Matters. I'm Georgian Lucier, your host, and thank you for joining us. Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As told here brings community media to where you are.